You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hi, thanks for joining us for another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on CannabisRadio.com. This is your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Communications and Projects Manager here at the National Cannabis Industry Association. So today I have a guest, his name is Colin Bell. He's from the NCIA member company called Grosentia. Grosentia was founded by a group of soil microbiologists from Colorado State University. So welcome to the show, Colin. How are you today? I'm really good, Bethany. Thank you very much for having us on. Yeah, definitely. So let's just go ahead and start by introducing you to our listeners. Tell me about your background and how you got involved in the cannabis industry and movement. What brought you here? Yeah, thanks very much. Um, So my background is I have a PhD in soil microbiology, and I was a research scientist at Colorado State University. Um, We were very successful at publishing basic science papers, uh, and as a metric of success, uh, scientists kind of gauge that by their publications. And so we did that very well. We, we got a lot of grants and, and we asked a lot of great questions. Uh, my area of expertise is in plant microbe interactions. And, we, and our, our goal was always to better understand soil processes and ultimately to think about ways that we could improve uh, practices for farmers to integrate more microbial processes into their growth. Ultimately, awesome. yeah, thank you. So ultimately, uh, after doing that for years and being successful uh, as a scientist, we kind of started uh, reflecting on our impact to actually help farmers the way we thought we were uh, doing. And we realized we probably weren't making the impact that we could. So um, in late 2013, we decided to make a change. We started thinking about real problems that farmers were facing. 
thinking about ways that we could develop solutions for those and uh, ultimately switched our lab around, started thinking about making and making solutions, microbial solutions uh, that we could target to help address uh, problems for farmers in the real world. Okay, yeah. So not necessarily worried about growing plants in space, but what's actually happening here on planet Earth. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And we always focus as scientists on these problem solution scenarios. But it was very interesting when we started thinking about it from a basic science perspective to an applied science perspective on, on how little we were actually trained to make real applications. You could ask a lot of very interesting science questions, but we realized there's a huge gap in knowledge uh, from academia to understand what it took to make a real technology that was uh, effective uh, in real-world applications. So it was, a, it was a really interesting experience kind of going through that learning curve and developing technologies ultimately that, that farmers can use in, in their real-world management. Okay, so ultimately this brought you to looking at the cannabis farmer specifically and being involved in those processes. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, you know, the way we thought about doing this was twofold. Uh, in academia, we were thinking about broad, broader agriculture problems. And we found that, you know, nutrient delivery uh, to plants was a problem for farmers across all industries. And we knew as soil microbiologists that microbes were a great solution for that. And so we started developing microbial formulas, natural organic, you know, formulas that farmers could integrate into their fertigation or nutrient feeding regimes that could allow plants to maximize their nutrient uptake. Um, ultimately, we found that the technology worked very well. And what we needed to do then was to understand how to deploy it into the markets. So we went about that by actually getting out in the field, leaving the lab, and talking to hundreds of farmers across a lot of different verticals, uh, not only cannabis farmers, but corn farmers and, and other farmers, uh, of weed, et cetera, to understand their pain points, to really understand their management practices, to understand best where our technology fit within these different markets and how we could apply them. Did you have any personal connection to the cannabis movement uh, prior to this, or really you're approaching it from the scientific standpoint? So personally you know it's been integrated in part of my life i didn't grow up in colorado i grew up in west texas and there's a, a a lot of um very negative connotations to the cannabis industry where my personal views and and my friend group uh did not agree with those to say the least um, i ultimately felt like moving to colorado would allow me to e express uh it'd be a little more living a little more moderate and and tolerable uh, uh society to say the least where you know, that might be accepted, but we were really taking this approach from a scientific aspect where, you know, we we're scientists, we wanted to make an impact, and we felt like ultimately our end goal and kind of our responsibility as, as scientists is to deliver solutions to real world people. And in the case of our area of expertise, it's it's uh, farmers. And so that's, that was really how we were thinking about it. And why we chose cannabis was because we realized after talking to a lot of farmers that it, it took a, a really long time to, to get any change. When, when we would talk to cannabis farmers, though, we, we, we realized that they were very innovative. They were very accepting of new technologies. And it was a really easy conversation 
for them to want to try our technology to help them improve their grows. And so the barrier to adoption was almost non-existent in the cannabis uh, with cannabis producers, whereas we learned quickly as a young startup who had a new technology, it might take 10 years to get any adoption in these broader crops, which, you know, we think are equally important to feed the world, such as corn and wheat, et cetera. But sure. it's really it's really hard as a young startup to to wait 10 years before you can actually get any traction. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the cannabis industry in particular is going very quickly. It is self-regulating. It is becoming more and more sophisticated every time I blink my eyes. And it, it's it's not as simple as just growing a few plants in your closet or your basement anymore. It's very high tech with the various greenhouses, uh, different kinds of soil technology, which you're mentioning. And, and ultimately, the farmer is going to care about the end result product because that is used as medicine for people, um, much like you're doing the work on food like corn, which ultimately gets to the tables of people as well. Um, so the farmer himself certainly has the impetus to do everything he can to get the best possible product for our industry, for our patients as well. Um, so great. Thanks for giving me some more of that background. Um, I do want to get a little deeper into Grosentia. Um, I know it was founded by three soil microbiologists, including yourself, and you all have PhDs out of Colorado State University. Uh, so how did the three of you find each other is something I want to talk about when we come back from the commercial break um, and just learn a little bit more about your company. So we're going to take a quick commercial break here, uh, but we're going to talk more with Colin Bell of Grosentia. So please stay tuned to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on CannabisRadio.com. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Get informed. 
get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. This is your host, Bethany Moore, with NCIA. And we're talking with Colin Bell from the company Grow Sentia today. Uh, we've been talking about the intricacies of soil and how it gets applied uh, in growing the best possible cannabis product there is. So as we mentioned before the break, uh, Grow Sentia was founded by three soil microbiologists. You guys have PhDs in playing in the dirt, which is awesome. So how did you three soil microbiologists get together to form this company and do what you're doing? What are your what are your bigger goals again? Yeah, thanks so much. And so, you know, uh, my two co-founders, Matt Wallenstein, Rich Conant, and myself, uh, worked together in academia for years at Colorado State University at the Natural Resource Ecology Lab. And, okay. and, and that uh, department is focused and actually house, houses uh, uh, several world-famous soil scientists. So it's kind of a mecca for, hmm. for soil science and soil microbial ecology, which we specialize in and kind of geek out in, uh, needless to say. Uh, we worked on a lot of projects together. I came to Colorado State University as a postdoc uh, in Matt Wallenstein's lab. Then I got uh, promoted to research scientist. And we continued to work together on different projects. We worked very well together. And we we're actually just a great team. And as a great team, we continue to ask questions and, 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 and drive our interests and, and kind of progress as scientists. Uh, in the way we think about things and the way we're trying to make our impact. And that that journey together, just conducting science, led us uh, to the path that we're on now where we have the startup company, Grossentia, where we're actually in the market developing products actively to to bring solutions to growers and cannabis growers in particular. Um, as And I, I think that one thing that's really important is nothing happens alone. You know, I know this as a co-founder of a, of a company, Grosentia. I know this in academia and beyond. Your team is everything. And I think the success of any endeavor uh, relies more heavily than anything else on that team. And Matt, Rich, and I made a great team. And not only did we come up with these ideas together to start thinking about making things uh, as scientists that we could deliver to farmers, but we, we took that effort as a team to learn what we needed to learn. Going into the into this endeavor, which was brand new for us, we didn't know a lot of things about uh, anything about markets, anything really about developing technologies and, and, and the hurdles to market or how to think about an opportunity. Mm. And so we, we engaged in a bunch of different uh, business incubators together throughout 2014 and into 2015 to learn how to think about what it took to develop a business model, for example to yeah. develop a budget, to understand how to get uh, funding uh, to actually support a company. And all these are, are pretty formulaic where there's definitely wrong ways and there's definitely clear right ways to go about doing that. And it was just a learning exercise for us. And so we spent an intensive year learning about all these things, uh, which ultimately allowed us to achieve some, some funding uh, that allowed me to leave the university and start the company in March 2015. Okay. Yeah. So talking a bit more about that, I think it's very smart you guys went through the business incubators. I'm sure that was an amazing experience. So you're going from academia to the real world marketplace. That must be 
kind of a, a, a gap to, to launch yourself over, as you've described. So how, how was it bringing a new product to the market, the real world, out of the university setting? It was it was incredible. And, you know, again, I think we think about it uh, as just acknowledging and embracing what we don't know and then going out and finding those answers and finding solutions. Because I'll tell you, as a, as a startup or even in the stages uh, to create our startup, Grosentia, we we got challenged on a daily basis with things with with problems that seemed insurmountable that we didn't know how to solve personally because we didn't have the experience. And, and there's just a lot to starting companies on the technical side and on just the business side. Uh, what we learned is you can you'll only fail if you if you stop. And so we just kept on driving. I think it takes a lot of grit. And it takes a lot of just real humility to know, hey, we don't know this stuff. Let's get some help. And so that goes back to the team. We, I left the university in March 2015, just me. And my, my goal was to get a small team on the ground to get commercialization and production up and to get to market. And that's about all the money we had uh, room to do. And, and I was uh, luckily successful to do that. I started in a one-car garage in a little rental house with a buddy uh, <laughs> that, you know, we ultimately that summer, I found a, a transmission shop that was about 2,500 square feet that uh, these guys moved out of. And my son and I cleaned that up, uh, turned that into our bioproduction facility. I had five team members that I basically found off a of Craigslist, taught them as much as I could possibly teach them about, you know, growing microbes, about shipping which i kind of made up about packaging which i kind of made up along the way i got a, <laughs> a sales guy that came from the industry which was very helpful in, in us thinking about how we're going to execute uh, our business plan into the market uh-huh. and at the end of the day you know i'm, I'm, I'm back there making product I'm, I'm showing people i'm teaching uh people and supporting them as much as possible then i'm hitting the road with my sales guy and we're basically going door to door at retail shops hydro retail shops uh educating people about our product to see if they'll they'd be interested in trying it wow that was in Colorado (laughs) it was incredible and you know just a year before that I was in the lab thinking maybe one day you know uh we can help people's we can make people's lives better with a technology like this and then a year later I'm an outside sales guy for my company uh starting to execute so it's been quite a ride and and it hasn't stopped at all to say the least we're now selling mammoth pea and in over 500 stores in over 40 states. Wow, congratulations. And I love hearing that startup story. Uh, you know, we've heard it before with other very well-known technology companies. They they started in a little garage and, and then they grow years and years later. So that's really cool. Yeah, um, so speaking, yeah, speaking of that growth, I mean, securing investment capital for a new product like this, I mean, people have to jump these hurdles all the time. What What was that like? Yeah, that was a huge learning experience, to say the least. And that's where the team comes back into play. I mean, and acknowledging uh, not only your strengths, but acknowledging your your gaps where you might need more expertise. And our model uh, as uh, young academics, basically, for this startup was to bring in business expertise to help us, mentor us, lead the company on these business aspects. And, and so we decided early on that we were going to hire a CEO to help us run the company and to mentor us in some of these business decisions and to help show us how to, how to actually, you know, think about getting investment and all the strategy behind that. 
And so we, as a, as a team, as co-founders, secured some seed capital uh, from a really good group out of San Francisco that we were very closely aligned on the way we think about data and discovery-driven exercises, uh, validating, connecting hypothesis experiments, and making sure that we understand what we don't know, and then we get those answers so we can make, make the next right moves. And, and they were really helpful in, in us uh, developing and starting our company. Uh, they also were helpful in me uh, in introducing Greg Steinberg to me. And, and Greg is a really seasoned business guy. Uh, he was out of the Chicago area. He'd grown many young companies into really successful companies. And I met Greg the first time, I think, at the MJ Biz Show in Chicago. Uh, we continued to court, so to speak, to get to know each other. And I just fell in love with him, not only uh, for his uh, talent, but more so before, by the way he, he looked at, uh, at development companies uh, and how we interacted. And so ultimately, Greg came on to join our company as CEO in September 2015. And he's been really instrumental in helping us lead uh, and succeed and so Greg and I have led the company and led the growth since then. Uh, and he's a big part of our success for sure. And, you know, he's a big part of the success in, in us uh, attaining more capital to continue to execute. Got it. So you found somebody who knows how to secure capital, knows how to get it done. And you're like, go ahead. I'll, I'll defer to you. <laughs> sure. I think that's I mean, pretty smart. Uh, if, if you don't know, you know, like for me, I, I can't imagine ever doing accounting and I'm so glad there's people out there that are accounting experts. <laughs> that's a perfect example, Bethany. I mean, if, if we're not willing to acknowledge our, our strengths and acknowledge our weaknesses, and then at some point you're adding uh, unneeded risk into your life, or maybe into your business. And what I didn't want to do early on is I had a, a team of people that I really, really cared about and wanted us all to be successful. I didn't want to bank our future on my lack of, of uh, experience to start a company because it was clear I didn't have that experience and we needed someone to help us with that. And so Greg allowed us to you know, succeed without having and learn without having to go through some of the failure iterations that are inherent with learning because he'd already made those mistakes in past experiences and he could bring that to the table. Great. Well, we have to take a commercial break and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. This is Bobby Black, host of Blazin, here to talk to you about 420 Science. I've known Matt and Gary from 420 Science for over a decade. We've spent a lot of time together at the Cannabis Cups in Amsterdam, the Doobie Awards in their hometown of Austin. They were even at my wedding. And I've always admired their integrity and how they've built 420 Science from the ground up to become the most trusted online head shop. Visit 420science.com slash podcast for an exclusive deal on pipes and more from genuine people who put their customers first. That's 420science.com slash podcast. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. 
Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network. Founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, and we're finishing up our chat here with Colin Bell of Grosentia, which is a company that focuses on soil microbiology to assist the cannabis industry farmers. So for those on the cultivation side of the cannabis industry, a huge factor in the quality of your end product, the plant, is about the foundation, what goes into the actual soil. And there's so many concerns about pesticides and everything else, heavy metals, toxins, etc. So for the cultivation geeks that are listening to this show, and I'm sure there's plenty, uh, what are some top tips you might have to share for maintaining healthy soil in sort of a broad way? Yeah, thanks, Bethany, for asking. I think, you know, uh, more and more agriculture and and cannabis cultivation in particular is moving towards more biological natural solutions for growing. And we think about these as metrics that matter. There's a huge movement across all agriculture segments to incorporate natural microbial processes, including uh, adding soil carbon, including uh, other kinds of inputs where you can actually minimize its chemical inputs uh, which deplete microbial activity. Hmm. And so that's some of the work that we're working on at the Cannabis Cultivation Committee for the NCIA, where we're thinking about the metrics that matter, where we can really optimize not only yield for growers, but we could potentially reduce those input costs and energy costs so we can bring the maximum value through the collective mind share of the committee to growers moving forward. Yeah, you guys are involved in uh, a couple of NCIA's industry committees. Uh, the Cannabis Cultivation Committee you just mentioned as well. Uh, can you talk more about what that experience has been like in the committee and get a little bit more into the goals and benchmarks you have? Yep, for sure. So in, in brief, the benchmarks that we have for this year, we have a really sophisticated group of folks that are thinking about ways within their expertise that they bring value to growers. And so we have a, a, a project and we're calling it uh, defining the metrics that matter. And in a way, what we're trying to do is create a ratio that any cultivation facility can easily quantify where they're looking at their total output yield per square foot per year and measuring that across all their um, uh, uh, total absorbed costs and then breaking that down into costs where they can actually make a difference and change those 
variable costs within those total absorbed costs, such as inputs, such as potential lighting, and other kind of efficiencies uh, to maximize their competitive advantage uh, moving forward in this industry. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to see what comes out of those committees. And there's there's quite a few in different areas. Um, for more information, folks can log on to www.thecannabisindustry.org and uh, look for the member benefit section where we have our committees. So committees are NCIA member-driven committees with the goal of focusing on that sector of the industry and creating best practices, standards, things like that. And and it's so important for us to self-regulate from the inside out uh, before federal legalization, which we all know is going to happen soon. <laughs> Sorry for being overly optimistic there. Uh, but the more we self-regulate before, let's say, the FDA comes to tell us how to do what we're doing, we we should be able to self-regulate and say, hey, we already got this down. We're good. Thanks, though. Um, are you guys involved in any other committees? Yeah, thanks for asking. So Greg Steinberg, our CEO, uh, is also involved in the uh, NCIA Marketing Committee. And they have uh, some really neat objectives for this year also. They're trying to create some resource pools where all NCIA members and beyond can start to understand how to better leverage social media and leverage brand and understand those concepts uh, to maximize their success. They're, they're creating other deliverables, such as uh, databases of speaker pools where they can get information and get experts uh, for speaking engagements or for educational engagements. They're also thinking about creating an NCAA marketing award so they can actually reward and highlight companies within the cannabis industry that are uh, practicing exemplary marketing uh, skills uh, to benefit their company. That's fantastic. I really like that idea. Um, So we're running out of time, but before we go, um, I know you guys attended our NCIA Lobby Days last month, and you also attended our Cannabis Business Summit earlier this month. So busy. So I hope you guys are going to be attending some of our quarterly Cannabis Caucus events Uh, which by the time this episode airs will be kicking off uh, in eight regions across the country. Um, And then we also have an event in California this fall, September 21st and 22nd. It's the California Cannabis Business Conference, and we are uh, co-hosting that event with our state affiliate, the California Cannabis Industry Association, CCIA. So, Colin, I hope to see... Some of you grow sentia guys at one of our upcoming quarterly cannabis caucuses. And if anyone wants to get more information about those, please log on to thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Uh, thanks again, Colin. I'm sorry we ran out of time, but this has been really cool to literally dig deep into the dirt here with you about soil for the cannabis industry. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. And we're, we're definitely attending on, uh, planning on attending some of those events. So thank you. Awesome. Well, we will see you there. And thanks to everyone else for listening today to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Have a good one.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.